uh, you know, if you've, uh, you know, if you've missed any of the bold series that we've been in, definitely check it out. Last week, we talked about how to approach God the wrong way. And this morning, we're going to look at how to approach him the right way. Um, and it's, it's really been good. I've heard some of the stories and testimonies of how your faith has been challenged, how you've accepted the challenge, and how you've grown in your faith as you've let this word of God bless you. Um, our central passage for this series is in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, and it says this, For since we have such a hope, we are very bold. And our hope is in no one else but Christ Jesus and what God can do and the power, His power in our life. And because of that, we can be very bold. Um, with that being said, let's take a moment to pray and we'll jump in and into, our, into the message this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Father, it always seems to find a way to minister exactly to us and, and know, God, exactly what we need to hear in the right season and the right time. And so this morning, God, we need to hear from you. God, would you speak to us? Would you minister to us? God, I pray, God, that our walk with you would be strengthened. I pray, God, that, that our eyes would be open, our ears would be attentive, God, and we would hear from you, Lord. God, minister to us, strengthen us, encourage your church, refresh your church, do a great thing, God. We need you, Jesus. Bless your word. May it come alive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Well, you've probably learned by now, but there is a wrong way and a right way to do things in life. I mean, you could think from the simplest thing to maybe, to maybe pouring a bowl of cereal to cooking an egg or to making major decisions in life. One way will lead you to something disastrous, something that causes frustration, that misses opportunities, that misses the blessing of God, and something else that leads to the goodness of God, to leads to his peace, to leads to his blessing. There's always a right thing, to, a right way to do it. I remember when my wife and I first got married and um, she cooked the very first meal for us, just her and I, and she had never really cooked before, um, but she made this meal and, uh, you know, she, she serves me and I'm beginning to eat it and I take a couple of bites and, and she says, so, so what do you think? You know, and she, you know, you know just one of, one of those, just so, you know, kind of like, so what do you think? And I'm like... Baby, hey, man, you know I love you, girl. You know I love you. And no, but the food actually tasted great. But I, you know, it was, it's one of, there's always the right way and the wrong way, right? And the wrong way is going to lead you to some other things. That, listen, you could have held your, t you could have did it differently, right? And there's always the wrong and the right way. And again, we're, we're going to jump into something this morning that, that I really want you to see on the way to approach God. If you want to find that peace, that harmony, find the answers that you're looking for, then it's not just about approaching him, it's how you approach him that you find the blessing of God in your life, that you find that response that you're hoping for. I, I could have said something different to my wife and I would have got a whole other response. But it's that right response that we're hoping for. It's how we communicate. It's how we approach God. And so this morning, we're going to look at the same passage that we did last week, but look at it from this other perspective. And so you can read along, it'll be up on the screen, or it's in your message notes on the app, or if you have them printed. But this is what it says here in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. It says this, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? Verse 8, 
The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. I tell that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? We talked about that, the patriarchs of the Jewish faith in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Now here's this powerful moment in scripture where we see this Roman officer, this Roman military man, run to Jesus and ask him for help, not on behalf of himself, not God, would you bless me, not God, would you, would you, would you help me to come up, but God, would you do it for somebody else? Would you, God, would you, would, you, would you take care of my servant? Would you do a miracle in my servant? And again, we talked about how to approach God wrongly, but I want to look at this this morning from the perspective of how to approach God in the right way. How do we find what we're hoping to find? How do we get that answered prayer? How, how, how do we get that response back from God that we're hoping to get? See, this centurion gets access to Jesus in a way that each of us wants. We want this type of access. I want this for each of us. And so this morning, how do we approach God in the right way? The first thing is this, is faith. Believe as you approach. Believe as you approach. Now, to not believe is to approach God the wrong way. If I'm starting off and I really don't believe that he's going to do it, well, I'm already in the wrong place. But it's going to take for me faith. I have to believe from the onset, from the, from the beginning, from, 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 the, from the go. See, this Roman soldier has one huge thing going for him. He believes that Jesus can. He believes that he can do this miracle. And I can imagine his journey from his house all the way to, to finding Jesus. You see, it's his faith that allowed him to leave his sick servant laying on the bed dying. I mean, why? I mean, you just want to be there in the last moments. You just want to be there to take care of him. But his faith allowed him to, to okay, you know what? I got to get, get dressed. I got to go out the front door. Listen, listen, would you try and take care of him? I wish I wouldn't be. But his faith pushed him out the door. His faith pushed him to go find Jesus and the crowds were gathering and there's the loud noise and he's in there, but I can imagine him. Would you move out the way? I'm trying to find Jesus. I'm trying to find Jesus. And here he comes. And Jesus with all of his audience and all of these people and, and there he is. And then he's in the front of Jesus. And he's, I'm in front, I'm in front of Jesus. I, I, I made it but his faith pushed him to speak when he was in Jesus' presence. And he says, will you help? My servant is lying and he's dying. Would you, would, you, would you help? One of the beautiful things about this passage, and I love this, is that Jesus responds and says, okay, do you need me to go with you? Do you need me to go with you? You see, one of the things that we have, need to come to understand about God 
is that he almost has like a, a faith radar. He, he can sense faith. You know, it's kind of like, I mean, he can, he can sense when somebody in the room actually believes him. He, he can sense when, we, when there's, there's, there's real, genuine faith. When, 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 we, when we know that he's going to do it, when, he, when we're at the place, yes, yes, he can. I mean, we, we have to understand that he wasn't the only one that was before Jesus and, and, and was needing a miracle. But Jesus can tell when faith is approaching him. See, the Bible says this in Hebrews eleven six. 6. It says this, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So you have to believe that. At the very beginning, at the foundational level, you have to believe that he exists. Would you believe that he exists? And secondly, would you believe that he rewards those who seek him? God is good and faithful. God is, I'm telling you, God is good. God rewards those who seek him. But you have to believe. You have to have faith. Faith gets you in the game. Without faith, you're not even, on, you're not even in the arena. You're not even in the vicinity. You, without faith, you're not even there hoping and wishing that something would, would, would happen. See, the problem in culture and society today is they're more likely to wish upon a star or to make a wish-blowing birthday candles than they are to approach God with, with faith. And God is looking for a generation who will believe him, a generation who will trust him, a generation who will publicly reflect their faith to the watching worlds. You see, this whole walk with God is about faith. It's all about faith. In one moment, as, as Jesus had resurrected from the dead after he had been crucified, uh, he begins to reveal himself to his disciples, and he's, he's showing them, and it's like, wow, they're cool. Wow, he's actually, he, he resurrected. He's alive, you know, and it's a big deal. And at one moment, uh, many of them were gathered, and so he, he shows up, and he reveals himself to them, and they're all just amazed, and they're worshiping and praising God. Well, one of them wasn't there. His name was Thomas. Thomas becomes famously known as Doubting Thomas. The other disciples said, hey, you missed him. You weren't here, but Jesus showed up, and they're like, he's like, no. No, Jesus is, we watched him be crucified. He went into a tomb. He's dead. He says, I will never believe unless I get to put my own fingers in his holes where he was pierced and where blood came out. That's the only, that's the only way I'll ever believe. Well, shortly after that, Jesus reveals himself to Thomas. And then he tells him these words in John 20, 29. Check this out. He says this, then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. But then he, he, he like pulls out his belt and lets him have it in a way. He says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Right? Ouch. Right? He, t he tells him there in that moment. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. You believe because you see me. But blessed is everyone else who has not seen and yet believes. You see, God's looking for faith. He's looking for faith in this generation. Belief that he can. Belief as you approach him. You know, it's, it's, it, it's one of those things where 
say the moment has just happened in your life, the situation, and you're just dealing with it, and it's like, whoa, this just happened. Maybe it's a relationship thing. Maybe it's a, a, a financial thing just happened, and you're overwhelmed. Maybe it's a medical report. Maybe, may, maybe something happened. Maybe it's a loved one that's just it's going through it, and it's just, bam, it's just happening. See, are, are we going to have faith in the moments, or are we going to run crazy, or what, what exactly are we going to do? See, what God is looking for is a generation who will have faith and who will trust him. Who's saying, you know what? Yes, I can. So as I go and approach God, and maybe that's going and getting on your knees and talking with God, but it's, but it's like, yes, he can. Yes, he can do it. Yes, he can. That's tough. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Oh, doubt. Get off of me. Doubt, because you know it comes. In the moment when you're going through it all and you're feeling it, just doubt, just, or insecurity, get off of me, insecurity, not today, yes, he can, yes, he can, yes, you can, and you approach God with faith, there are so many who want the end results, they want the healing, they want the provision, they want the restoration, but they don't want to approach him with faith. They don't want to believe that he can. They don't want to go through the process of trusting a creator God, of trusting a heavenly father, of trusting a provider, trusting a healer. That God is good and God is faithful. But there are those moments, brothers and sisters, when you're going to have to shake off doubts because it's going to want to creep in and mess with your thoughts and mess with your heart and mess with your mind. See, maybe it's a miracle that you need today. Maybe there's some physical circumstances that need to change. And I tell you again, faith is what gets you in the game. Without it, you're, you're not even in the vicinity. Or maybe it's a sin that you need to be forgiven for because the truth is there's something that you've done and you feel like God forgives you for everything else, but that's, that's one that you like to just keep in the back because you feel like God can't forgive you for that. You feel like that's just too much. And even when you pray, you pray, like, God, would you just forgive me for all the wrong things I've done? But you can't even specifically mention it. You can't even say those words because you just feel like you can't be forgiven from that. And I want you to know that God is good. I want you to know that if you step into faith, you're going to watch the blessing of God in your life. But you have to approach him with faith. Believe that he exists and believe that he rewards those who seek him. And so the right way to approach God, number one, is to have faith. Believe that he can. And secondly, is, is authority. Never lose sight of the authority that Jesus has. This is so important for us. Authority. Never lose sight of the authority that Jesus has. A lot of time we get hung up on our authority, on our connections, on what we're capable of, on, on what we can handle. And I get it. I get it. You're a boss, okay? You can handle it. There's some things that you can make happen in your life. I, I, I get that. But the centurion was also a boss. The centurion said this in verses 8 and 9. He says this, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself of a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one to go and he goes, this one to come and he comes, and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. See, not only does this centurion have great faith going for him, but he also has this understanding of the authority that God has. And so as he approaches God, coming from his situation, he approaches God, he's going to the one who has all authority. 
It's like you got this situation going on in your life and you got to go see this person, you got to go see the, the courts or whoever, and you know that this person has the power of, of one thing or the other for you. See, as you approach God, would you have that perspective that he can change physical circumstances? He, he, he can change things that you'd like, I, 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 there's just no other way. He can do it in the name of Jesus. He can do it. But you have to believe and you have to approach him as if he has all the authority. And sometimes we lose sight of the fact that Jesus has authority. He tells us in Matthew 28, verse 18, and Jesus came to, him and came to them and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then Jesus goes on to give them a command. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I want, you to, I want you to see this. This is important. It's important that you understand that Jesus says he's been given all authority, all authority on, in heaven and on earth. And so as you approach God, would you come to this place and, and understand this? On what occasion Jesus was ministering with his disciples and he got hungry and in the distance he sees this tree and it appears to have leaves that look like a fig tree leaf and he says, okay, let's walk and let's go. And so they walk over there and they get over to the tree and it is a fig tree and he's looking at the tree and he's kind of checking everything out and he can't find any figs on the tree and Jesus is hungry and he can't find any figs and and keep in mind the Bible specifically says that figs were not in season in this moment but Jesus turns to the tree and he says may you never give anyone fruit ever again all the disciples are watching in this moment well they turn around and they go back into the city Jesus does another full day of ministry and helping be undoing all kinds of things the next morning they go back on their journey and they're walking again towards where the tree is and they get there and of course Peter Peter's the first one he says Jesus do you see the tree the tree that you talked about yesterday look from its roots up top it's withered and it's dead and it was this important lesson. Sometimes we, we look at, well, maybe Jesus can do these type of things. No, but he has all kinds of authority. He has all authority. Authority in every single area of life. There's nothing he cannot do. If he says it so, it will come to pass. It'll, it'll happen in, in, in just the right time. On another occasion... Jesus was ministering to the people and healing and doing all kinds of signs and wonders and the crowds were gathered. Well, there was a group of guys and they had a friend, a man who was paralyzed and he was on a mat. He really couldn't do that. His whole life he had been paralyzed and he couldn't get around. And so the crowds were so crazy that they brought him through the roof to just and like got him down to be right in front of Jesus and again, Jesus was impressed, and not many times he was, not like this centurion, but he was impressed. He says, wow, you guys' faith, enough to get this guy all the way in front of me and with all of these crowds? Jesus was like, okay, okay. So he turns to the paralyzed guy, and Jesus tells him, he says, listen, son, uh, your sins are forgiven, he says. And that is such a beautiful thing, right? Who can forgive sins? Well, the religious leaders at the time, they're yelling out, blasphemy, blasphemy, who can possibly do this? How can anyone forgive sins? And then Jesus says, Jesus says this in Matthew 9, verses 4 through 8. Verse 4, knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? 
Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God, who had given such authority to man. See, not only do we need to have faith as we approach him, but you got to keep in mind he has all the authority. So how we approach him is key. And and I'll get a little bit into point three here in just a moment, but you now have the opportunity to reverence him because it's how you approach him. Because if he has all the authority, how how you approach him matters. But before I get into that, and that's part of point three, I want you to understand this. I want you to understand. See, when you approach him, he's loving, he's kind, he's good, but he's looking for faith. He's looking for you to believe. He's looking for you to trust him even in the midst of circumstances that seem too wild and too crazy. But there's no one in this world with more power than him. That must be clear in your heart and mind. There are many imitators out there. There are many masquerading with evil power out there. But there's nobody who has power like our God. So how do I approach him? Well, number one, with faith. Number two, I need to recognize the authority. The authority over mind and over any power in this world. And the last thing that I want to share with you is how do I approach God? Is with humility. I have to know my place and I have to know his. I have to know my place and I have to know his. In college, a mentor of mine taught me to how to uh, pray on my face. And so I would, you know, I'd, I'd get on my face and I'd lay out just, just kind of like, like this and lay out on my face and just seek the Lord like this. And it's become a practice for me. I, I do it now every single day of my life. There's never a day. Now, that's not the only way that I pray. I, I'll pray standing up. I'll pray in a chair. I'll pray on my knees. I'll, but there's not a day that goes by that I don't pray on my face. And, um, you know, you may have seen me do that before, maybe at a worship night or a Tuesday night prayer gathering or something. Um, but it's, it's, it's something that, that reminds me of something. Um, even, even, even my kids, uh, there's a picture here I want to show you quickly. This was at our worship night. I was just laid out before the Lord, and I was just praying. And my daughter, Ariela, she just comes and runs right up. And I didn't call her over, but she, she came and, and ran over and got next to me, and, and she prays, and she, she does this with me all the time. My, my kids do. But she... She didn't come and run over and do this because, because I called her. She came and did it because that's, that's how we seek the Lord, on our face. And, and for me, it's, it's been this lesson of who is who. See, my, our God, He's holy, and He's worthy of all the praise. I have to believe Him when I come before Him. I have to recognize that he has all the authority. And then I have to reverence myself before him. Because it's not like, ah, yeah, God's the big homie and he's, I mean, 
But I need to understand that the creator of the universe desires to be in an intimate relationship with me. The creator of the universe, who is holy. So as I bow down before him, I never forget who is who. It is so easy for pride to just find its way to creep in. And it'll do it. Pride will find a way. It'll catch you when, 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 when you're just comfortable, when you're just in that right moment or the situation happened or you were in the argument and pride will kind of creep its way. And all of a sudden, you're approaching him in the wrong way and then you're not finding the answers or the response that you're hoping to find. Listen, I'm reminded by a couple of passages here. You know, first the centurion in verse 8, he says this, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. See, the Roman soldier, he has, he has power, but he knows who has real power. He's a man of authority, but he knows who has real authority. So he approaches with humility. God, I'm nothing without you. God, I need you. May your name be glorified. Proverbs 11.2 says this, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. Bend your knee and find everything good in this life. Bend your knee and your heart and your mind and find the blessings of God in your life. In Proverbs 22.4, it says this, The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. That's it. So I think about you being bold. I think about you, the way you approach God, the way we approach God. There's certainly a wrong way to do it, but there's also a right way. There's also a right way to find him. And there's also a world of people looking at us. Would we model it? Would we live it out? Would we imitate this faith? can grow together and be a strong church, be a loving church, be a church that lives on mission, be a church that is about the things of God. But we stand in and be bold and believe God for great things. See, that's what this series has been about. It's about us trusting the Lord, believing Him, believing Him. How we approach Him matters. I love looking at this centurion. He is one of the most unlikely people to approach God. But according to the world, so are we. And we have found his mercy and his grace and his love. A peace that surpasses all understanding and a love that fills us up and leaves us with nothing left. So be bold, church. Be bold. My challenge for you it's part of last week because I didn't give it to you, so I'm giving it to you now. But the challenge is this. Would you share with two people this week how to approach God and how not to? How many people are we going to see come to know Jesus if they'll just learn how to approach him the right way? And what are the things that hinder them from not finding that? So I challenge you, and I, I encourage you, accept the challenge. Every single one of you, find two people this week and talk to them about this, how to approach him the right way and how to do it the wrong way.